The Rufus Project would like to advise the following podcast contains spoilers for Flash Gordon from 1980. If you do not wish to have this movie spoiled, please watch it before listening to the following podcast. Additionally, because Trevor and Christian are terrible at remembering these things, this is also the third birthday episode of The Rufus Project. So, happy birthday to us, and Christian and Trevor, you are a pair of terrible garbage people for forgetting. Was it a great recreation of a classic action comic, or just a flash in the pan? We watched Flash Gordon from 1980 to see if we could redeem it. Were we successful? Find out after the theme. So bad it's good, what's this movie do you think we should? It's got bad I love dodgy creatures, but we want to know what the redeeming features. Hello and welcome to the Rufus Project Redeeming Features cast, this time looking at Flash Gordon from 1980. I am one of your hosts, Trevor Holland, and I am joined by my good friend and co-host... Christian Fletcher. Thank you very much, Trevor. It's always a pleasure. And as we say, even if the movies are bad, the chat's always good. So <laughs> thanks for having me back. <laughs> Absolutely. And you may have heard a, a little uh, a little laugh on the side there. As, as we mentioned last time, uh, this episode was a request. A request by my awesome co-host on the What the History podcast. Yay! WTHpod.rufusproject.com. Hashtag. Hashtag WTHpod. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the requester of this movie, Susie. Welcome to the Rufus Project. Thank you very much, guys. I am stoked to be here. Really, I love Flash Gordon. So, yes, let's bring it on. Yay! Now, true, <laughs> Susie, you're not giving away too much about the movie, I hope. I, I hope you didn't just give away too much, but um, we're getting a bit of an idea how no. you feel about this movie. <laughs> but it's, oh, it's so great to have you on board. And actually, when Trevor first oh, suggested you. that we would that you'd requested this, I thought, oh, is Flash Gordon actually considered a bad movie? So I, or possibly a, a movie that needs to be redeemed. So I um, was always up for the challenge, having seen only bits of it in the past. True that. So. <laughs> now, was there a particular reason why you, you chose this movie, Susie? Oh, I have loved this movie since I was seven years old. Um, I saw it in 1980 when it first came out at the drive-in with my uncle, which I begged and begged and begged him for weeks to take me to see Flash Gordon. And we ended up going, and my other uncle was, you know, um, you know, hidden in the back of the car, in the boot, to get into the um, the drive-in, because I saw it at the drive-in. And then I saw probably the first 10 minutes with my uncle, because he begrudgingly let me come along, because I was, you know, his little niece cramping his style, that sort of thing. And, yeah, so I was there with my both my uncles, because, yeah, we had to release Uncle Chris out of the um, boot <laughs> sometime. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I was there for, and for, probably watched it for about 10 minutes and then promptly fell asleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I watched it at the, at the, um, drive-in again about a week later. So I actually got to see it and I fell in love with the costumes as my first thing. It wasn't the storyline because I was only seven, didn't really get it too much, but those costumes, oh my God, I fell in love with them. 
And definitely, and, having um, seen them at the drive-in, it would have been quite a wow factor as well, I'm sure. Oh, it was a massive, massive, massive screen. Little Susie, who was really tiny, and just my eyes were just drawn to the, the colour, the bright colour, the gold and the red and Ming's beard <laughs> <laughs> and Dale's hair and the oh the the headdresses and oh my god the clothes and headdresses oh yeah yeah I got pretty excited but I actually um saw all that in New South Wales because I moved down there but before I left um they had a costume display of all the um the Flash Gordon main costumes in the window at Meyer in the Brisbane you know Brisbane Mall and so I got to see Ming's costume up close, um, Dale Arden's serving girl costume, Flash's um, costume, um, and I think it was Prince Baron's and Prince Volton's costumes as well. And I just went, oh, my God, they're right here in front of me. Oh, my God. Because the movie posters were everywhere in Queensland. Well, that seems to say to me how much of a pop culture icon it's become because to someone like me who hasn't really, I, I suppose, you know, I've, as I said, I've seen bits of the movie and, you know, you all, we all know about yep. Flash Gordon and, you know, in pop culture. But, yeah, I think um, this movie really sort of cemented that. But I'm embarrassed to say my first experience is actually through Flesh Gordon, the porno version of Flash oh, Gordon, God. which I have, screened, <laughs> yeah. I have oh, screened so many times. I've even had people pay me for the rights just so I can screen that movie. So it's so funny. I'm watching this the entire time going, oh, I remember the porno equivalent <laughs> in the oh, movie. So it's so funny. I... But the plot is very, very similar and almost spot on. So I, uh, I didn't feel um, out of place right. with this movie. But, yeah, that's where I'm coming from, if, the, if I can use that expression. That's where I'm coming Coming from as a, a, a <laughs> flash slash flesh Gordon fan, but look, not knowing too much about its background, and Trevor will be able to enlighten us with some trivia. But I wonder if a lot of the fact that this movie was released in 1980 was to sort of combat the um, porno version, which also had a sequel in 1978. So I, it was almost like Universal's like, no, nope, we're going to set the story straight and um, release this big budget version. <laughs> so I'm interested to see how this yeah. actually all came to be. Yeah, it's oh, it's brilliant. God, I love this movie so much. And actually, I just want to know, I just want to add one more anecdote. <laughs> I've actually had the pleasure of meeting Sam J. Jones, who played Flash Gordon. And I met him at Supernova in 2013. And I told him the story about, you know, um, going to the drive-in with my uncles and things like this. And he actually used to do the same thing with his dad as well and, and hide his older brother in the boot of the car as well. <laughs> um, so, And I, I found him to be absolutely charming. He was more than happy to sit there and talk to me and my sister for ages. Well, that's so and good that when was, that happens. Was magical. Because you know? I think his background I don't, is his, again, a trivia. I mean, um, Trevor, I'll need your help with the trivia, but um, Sam Jones, I believe, was an athlete or uh, something yeah. in the 70s that led yeah, to him being footballer. cast in this movie. Yeah, he was an American gridiron footballer. Was it gridiron or is it? Yeah, a- I think yeah, football um, <laughs> appeared in uh, his first movie role. was only a couple of years before this. He appeared in... Um, Blake Edwards 10, I think it was, with Bo Derrick, with oh, lots of nudity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and prior to that, he'd also be in a Playgirl Centerfold. So oh, interesting. Well, it's interesting because I, I know that between the three of us, we've got that connection with Rocky Horror and Richard O'Brien, so it's great to see him in this movie. That's and, right. I must admit, the whole time I was watching this film, I wonder if Richard O'Brien was on set going, oh, we should have cast you as Rocky, <laughs> as, he, as he looked at Sam Jones, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm thinking the whole way. Again, Richard O'Brien was very underutilised, but I'm probably going ahead of myself a bit. Trevor, pull us in line. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yep. Let's, let's get on 
with okay. this? Okay, so we've already talked lots around it, but if you don't know what Flash Gordon is about, I've got a little uh, plot synopsis here. A football player and his friends travel to the planet Mongo and find themselves fighting the tyranny of Ming the Merciless to save Earth. Ooh, <gasps> let that rip. <laughs> <laughs> Had been done dramatically, and it definitely didn't. Okay. And hey, when you've got movies that Sorry. use sort of plot descriptions like that, you never, you, you never, you never think they're going to live up to it. But I must admit, this sort of does pretty much fulfil everything that it says it was going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think um, Professor Zarkov was really his friend in the ship, though, that took them up to Mongo. Yeah, that just again. Yeah, let's just <laughs> jumping ahead. Jumping sorry, sorry. We will get sorry, to the chat. Well, there it is. Okay, I'll leave. Um, but um, <laughs> we, yeah, we, I knew this one was going to get a bit over the place. That's quite all right. Uh, now we've already done some of the trivia, so we better talk some turkey before we get back to more trivia. In the turkey trivia. Thank you. Gobble, gobble. Uh, now uh, this one is rated six and a half out of ten on IMDb. It had a budget of twenty million, and its box office takings was twenty-seven million. So, not really considered a success. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I think probably, like I was saying earlier, it's become sort of more a sort of a cult classic or a pop culture classic in the subsequent years. But actually, but then the way Susie was speaking, it was always this big movie. So that really surprises me. Just not everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I'm... that's okay. More flash for me. <laughs> I saw it at the drive-in as well, but I can't remember too much of that experience, to tell you the truth. Really? Yeah. Now. <laughs> you could take that so many ways. <laughs> now, um, with a bit of trivia about this, uh, George Lucas actually loved the old uh, Universal Flash Gordon serials, because it was a movie serial as well, uh, when he was a kid, and he wanted to make a modern version based on the comic strips. But when he learnt the rights were too expensive because the people that owned them actually wanted to sell them specifically to Federico Fellini, he instead wrote Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. And the world was happier for it. <laughs> Interesting. A bit of a... You wouldn't probably wouldn't, wouldn't believe that there's a James Bond connection here, but four actors who appeared in the 007 movies are in this movie. Max von Sydow, Timothy Dalton... Topol and Robbie Coltrane uh, all make appearances in this movie. Very young Robbie Coltrane. Indeed. <laughs> and I Gosh, love I Timothy Dalton. I just want to put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Topol was ever in a Bond film. That's kind of That kind of weirds me out a bit. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I like Topol. He's pretty awesome. But yeah, it's quite... <laughs> oh, gosh. The pedigree or the, the line-up that they've got for... Um, for the um, cast in this is just phenomenal and, and so uh, so eclectic as well, you know, coming from so many different areas. Uh-huh. Like, I know Max von Sydow from The Exorcist, so it was really weird seeing him in such a different role as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Timothy Dalton's no, already, already had his priest. stake to redeeming features when we did Sex Dad a couple of years ago. So, yeah, he was still recovering from that by the time he made this, I'm sure. <laughs> That one? Oh. Uh, Trevor oh. actually like to forget that one. Oh. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up. Oh, success. <laughs> oh. Okay, speak, speaking of uh, other previous movies, uh, one of a, a, a previous um, actor in, in a Redeeming Features um, feature that we covered, one Arnold Schwarzenegger was turned down for the lead role in this because his accent was too strong. Oh, that's interesting. I suppose he does do a bit of talking, a bit more than Arnie would be used to, but going off Hercules in New York and the fact that had to be dubbed, I'm sure by the 
late 70s, early 80s, he still had that accent. So, yeah, I don't know. I think his career would have changed a bit if he'd been in this movie. But, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, speaking of dubbing, dubbing. nice uh, (laughs) nice segue there, Christian. Most of Sam J. Jones' dialogue was dubbed due to the fact that Jones had a falling out with uh, producer Dino De Laurentiis over a lack of payment and refused to go into the recording studio to loop his lines. Oh, gosh. Whereas I'm sure there's a lot of cases where they could have used some of the lines, but, yeah, they couldn't have done it halfway. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> so who was it actually dubbed by? It doesn't say. He some, refuses to say. Some, some <laughs> poor person who never got credit, I'm guessing. All I, all I can imagine now is Susie meeting him and he was just a mute. <laughs> oh, you can't actually speak. <laughs> But, um, oh, but yeah, that's what? quite interesting. Oh, Sam. I thought you were going to say he'd, just re- <laughs> no. he'd refuse to do his scenes opening his mouth at all. I thought it was going to be some weird twist like that. But but um, another segue, Dino De Laurentiis. Now, I, I know, where do I know his name so big from? I know it's it's a, such a big name in film, and why am I going blank? Uh, Clash of the Titans, maybe? Yes. And I, am I even that? thinking he wasn't, um, no, I'm not thinking, um, I was going to say Barbarella. Think it now. I'm thinking uh, of somebody different. I know. Yeah. I really should look that up. <laughs> He's I'm a big, pretty sure he had something he to do a big, with Clash um, of the big Titans. producer in the 70s. So um, yeah, so this would seem like an yeah. obvious thing for him to tackle. Yeah, he, he, he... I loved Clash of the Titans as well. Oh, yeah. oh, that's another one you can do. Got <laughs> <laughs> a request. Okay. Original or remake? <laughs> oh, please, the original. <laughs> don't make me sit through the remake but again. But isn't that giving <laughs> us a perfect reason to do the remake? Just how you said that. <laughs> 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 Oh, oh God, yeah. it's awful. <laughs> um, probably, probably really different. So there was a, so much trivia for this. I, I'm, I'm cutting it down even from the ones that I copied. Now, all the main actors were signed on for multiple films, but the sequels were never made since this movie did not do as well as expected. And I always wanted there to be a sequel because, you know, how at the very end it goes, the end question mark. Oh. I was just always hoping for a sequel, but no. But in my and ex- now this trivia has answered the reasons why. <laughs> in my experience with cult cinema or a lot of cinema of this time, usually when there's a question mark, there's that hope, but they never, I've never seen a question marked the end that actually has a sequel. <laughs> so Aww. it's kind of jinxed it there <laughs> in that, that respect. Just, but, um, but yeah, so, and then, um, <laughs> and then having such big names like Queen coming on board for this too would have been a big scoop for Universal. That's right. Um, I don't think Queen was actually all that well known at the time, though. They were coming up and coming, so this was actually a, a big thing for them as well. And that um, song is I think so the iconic. Highlander rolled around, yeah, yeah, That bass line. Yeah. So <laughs> the time, time, yeah, the time Highlander rolled around, they were a much more well known known band. So mm, well. Highlander only came out six years after Flash Gordon. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, now I'm just going to cover this because I will be mentioning this particular actor a bit <laughs> in my my discussion of it. Uh, but Brian Blessed improvised a scene where Voltan gooses Dale. So Melody Anderson's reaction to that is absolutely genuine. Is that that where the bit where he's um, he's picking her up and putting her on the table in the palace? Yep. Is that the goosing part? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Indeed, I do, my lovely. <laughs> Oh, you're just God. reminding me of the that awful man. dialogue. <laughs> oh, he's just, he looks like he's having so much fun in this movie. He knows it's crap. He knows the dialogue is absolute crap. He's having a great time. Bless his little heart. Bless, blessed heart. <laughs> blessed heart. <laughs> blessed heart, yes. 
Now, one, the last bit of trivia I'll do, because we'll probably be mentioning it in a minute anyway, is that um, during the opening credits, each actor's credit is accompanied by artwork of their character from the original comic strip. Which I thought was a nice touch. Oh, that's Yay. cool. And it was one of those things that I really liked. Like, I know we've said it in the past, whenever there's an adaptation of, say, a comic book or a serial or the same thing, um, I love how they sort of pay tribute to the roots. And I think that really set up the rest of the movie, that it was kind of that comic book style, which I think was really, really important. Because a lot of people could just wash this back, wash this away as, you know, B-grade trash. But they, it was a nodding wink to that style. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. And it was really well done. And I... Yeah, I was just, oh, yeah, because I never knew, really, that Flash Gordon was actually a comic as well. I thought it was just, you know, me at seven, I thought it was just a movie that came out of pretty much nowhere. I didn't know it was a comic or a movie serial or a TV serial or anything like that. But, you know, I, now I know better. Oh, <laughs> yeah. right. Now, um, as, we, as you can tell, we all are itching to talk about this movie. Um, I'm, I'm thinking... <laughs> We may be seeing where this is going, but we will we will get there in, in good in good time. Um, but being the redeeming features, we we do need to set up baseline. We do need to see what we're working from. So I've been to Amazon and I've dug up um, something which sums up the less flattering reviews, I suppose you could say, about Flash Gordon to to see what we're trying to redeem here. So the title of this review is. This movie is a death sentence. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Don't give it away. <laughs> I bought this movie knowing it would be bad for my monthly bad movie night with the friends. I figured this would make a pretty epic installment of bad movie night, but it was beyond bad. Just campy in the first degree. Nothing made sense. The plot was stupendously absurd, and the acting made me throw up inside my skull cavity. <laughs> People actually left Bad Movie Night. It was so bad that despite being late at night, I had to stay up another three hours to watch Heat so I could wash the putrid taste out of my mouth with a good movie. I would only recommend this movie to correctional facilities in countries that don't have laws protecting inmates against cruel and unusual punishment. One star. <laughs> oh my gosh, Trey, that's oh. awesome. <laughs> But there's got to be some sort of irony. Hold that, back, mate. There's got to be some irony that the um, bad movie night wasn't good. Like, or was like, people got up and walked out. Oh, what do you expect, buddy? It's a bad movie night. It's not a good one. But anyway, so yeah. Oh well, we can only go up or sideways from here, surely. Absolutely. Um, now. Um... Uh, first thing I know about this movie, and I've got to admit, Christian, I was slightly disappointed that for the first time in about a month, even longer perhaps, there was no lion at the start. Oh, no, no I'm so used to it. No, but, the, but if in any, if many ways, almost like Fo the Fox logo's kind of got this, you know, because of Rocky Horror, I always had that connection with the Fox logo, and I think Universal still has that kind of appeal to it. I always think it's going to be either Xanadu or Blues Brothers when it starts, and it never is. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly disappointed. <laughs> but yeah, in my it's... house, a lot of times it is Blues Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad thing at all. So yeah, it is good to see those old school movie logos. And um, 
I um, and I think it was because I I wouldn't be surprised if Universal re- released the original serials as well. So that would have been a connection there. And, and as I said earlier, I think it was probably Universal trying to combat the porno versions from the seventies and wanting to release a more definitive version in nineteen eighty. And I think that's probably why this film came to be. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Quite thank possible. you to porn for Flash Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> thank you to porn. Thank you to porn. <laughs> And this was before the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the internet is for porn. Oh, boy. Okay, <laughs> okay to talk, mate. Um, <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, it certainly didn't waste any time getting straight into very... I mean, it came out in 1980, but I felt like the, the opening um, scenes were almost straight from a 60s sci-fi movie. Oh, I know, and that like sort of limited talking and just a lot of, let's just get in, get in, <laughs> go straight. Oh, they'll understand what we're talking <laughs> about, which I kind of like because, as we always seem to say, that you know, you don't sort of like those films that are a bit slow to get into it, but this didn't waste any time. But the interesting thing I noticed was they almost, I don't think anything was said in that whole them getting onto the plane. I mean, the whole time you're thinking, again, are they a mute? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think Dale spoke with her eyes. to flash um, because I noted that she gave him a kind of a death stare so what I want to know is what really did happen between them at the Dark Harbour Inn what are they not telling us Oh, that's an interesting... Oh, you're opening a whole different thing there. Yeah, just giving him the death stare. (laughs) (laughs) Just go, hmm, you're that little scumbag that tried to hit on me last night. Hmm. (laughs) And off she goes. What happens at Dark Harbour stays at Dark Harbour. (laughs) (laughs) I've got the (laughs) T-shirt. <laughs> but uh, but I do I I must admit like you say that yeah the the very sixties um sci fi film but yeah I don't know if you're talking about the scenes with Dale and um Flash when we've seen for the first time no. but I'm think yeah you're thinking about possibly the shots where yep. they're zooming in on the Earth going to to annihilate this obscure body and then clicking the earthquake mm-hmm. button but the I love SK system <laughs> I love how it scans over then hot hail and all these different other things yeah it did feel very um very retro even for its time <laughs> and, and uh, I like how um how uh, when they were showing, uh, like, he presses volcano, we've got stock footage of a volcano, but when it hits earthquake, it's stock footage of buildings being demolished. <laughs> oh, no. And, and the bit where Clytus is going, oh, you know, the inhabitants call this planet Earth. Yeah. As if they don't know what that planet, our planet, actually is called. But yet, when you look along the all the the buttons that can be pressed or whatever to make some sort of annihilation happen. Earthquake is actually there. So they knew exactly what our planet was called. (laughs) So there. Not distant planet quake. In your golden face. (laughs) <laughs> and and as Trevor and I would be familiar with from B movies, um, you know that the whole term Earth Woman. It was so good to hear. It was so good to hear that again. Actually, it's such a a B grade trope. <laughs> oh, yes. oh yeah, remove the Earth Woman, prepare her for our pleasure. Um, no, what, you mean the whole court? <laughs> But what a Come great on. opening, just having that, and then suddenly the Queen soundtrack kicking in with Flash, ah, oh, it just worked yeah. so well. And again, oh, those God, comic book credit, credits we were speaking about earlier, it just sort of, oh, yeah, it God. really set the tone quite well and didn't waste any time setting it up. I really did enjoy the comic book montage that was just, yeah, it, it just really um, encapsulates, I, I suppose, the, the spirit of, of of what they're trying to get across. It, it and, and the, you know, the fact that they do match those comic book pictures with the relevant actors as well. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, it's a great way to set the scene. Oh, definitely. Especially and with I, that song. 
And as I said earlier, <laughs> oh, yeah. too, it, it, sets a, it sets the scene that this film is not to be taken too seriously. It is supposed to be camp, a bit of fun. It's not like, because, you know, you could easily sit down and go, this is really bad or something like that. But you need to see it from the point of view where this is really parodying or paying tribute to these campy serials. Hey, have you seen Batman, the movie from the 60s? You kind of get my drift. So Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, so when, when you're sort of in that mindset, you're looking at it in a whole different way, and I think um, obviously that seems to be the way that, that Susie's also looked at it as well from a young age, and I think that's what's captured people that have, you know, that like this movie. So it's, um, <laughs> you've got to be a certain type Absolutely. of person, I think, to like this, or you've got to appreciate those style of movies. So And I think it really sets it up early, which is great. Yeah, I think if you don't take it too seriously, you're going to be fine. It, it's not Shakespeare. It's not, you know, um, the world's greatest thing ever written. But, God, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, apart from the outset, Max von Sydow is having fun, even when he's bombarding the plane with hot hail. You hear him <laughs> laughing in the background. He's having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but as we said, with not wasting not wasting much time getting on, they're already in the in their flight and experiencing a bit of turbulence. But yeah, it's like you know, you uh, I love the fact they have to reiterate again. This is a bit of a, a campy sort of you know tribute sort of thing here by by making it out that he has to wear actually a shirt that says Flash on the on the front just to remind you yeah. one last time <laughs> who it is, who he is, <laughs> yes. and, and that the Flash, the lightning bolt. I think it's meant to be a lightning bolt, or maybe it's a crack in the universe. I don't know. I'm across Ooh, the back of the shirt as well, which, funny enough, matches the singlet that he wears later on in the movie when it's meant to be a Mongo costume, a Mongo uniform. Yeah. Ah. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I do like um, I do like in the plane. Well, first of all, he you know he introduces himself to Dale. He's got his name plastered across his chest. <laughs> I'm Flash. <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm Flash. Flash. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know who you are. Oh, tell me something. Take my mind off this. <laughs> and then he starts sweet talking to her and it's like, oh, you're just saying that to get my mind off this. Oh, duh, love. That's what you asked him to do. Okay. Oh, God. What do you want, Dale? What do you want? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, then what does she, she said, really, really want? But she's, yeah, talking to him about taking his mind off it. Then later on when he's talking to the pilots in the cockpit, oh, leave them alone, almost like, you should be back talking to me again. <laughs> leave them alone. And I think, I don't know, I can't find the line in front of me, but she said at one stage, oh, they're busy driving the bus. And I'm not familiar with that That's term right. being used for aeroplanes. So I thought, I'm like, what's the go with them? I think she's a bit confused. <laughs> Maybe she's just confused. I don't know. Maybe I Maybe was. Maybe she's, yeah. <laughs> Well, she was a travel agent. Maybe it was a travel agent joke. <laughs> but I must admit, the person I was watching it with, we had a bit of a laugh because I, I said it's funny. Oh, imagine that—a travel agent. You know, scared. You know, scared of flying. I'm thinking, well, not really, dude. She sits in the office and just books the flights. But yeah, I didn't want to overthink That's it too right. much. <laughs> No, don't. Don't overthink. That. Therein lies madness. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, she's a funny one. <laughs> but no, no offense to Sam yes. Jones. Like I could kind of get early on that his possibly his acting talents weren't the best, <laughs> and um, this scene definitely but showed. But then we don't again. know we don't know what Sam Jones and what's what's dubbed. Yeah, well, that's the thing, and I don't know whether it's him trying to act B grade, but I have a feeling that was him trying his best. Sorry, Sam, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think he loves it personally. He anyway. does. He does. He loves meeting his fans, and yeah, he's cashed in a lot on Flash Gordon. I can imagine. I mean, you can't half tell that by yeah by meeting him. He's he just wants to talk about Flash and Ted <laughs> <laughs> and Ted too. Well, yeah, Ted too wasn't out at the time, but yeah, 
not even sure if Ted One was out, but um, <laughs> he definitely just wanted to talk about Flash. Yeah. So we reminisced about Flash and oh, how that's awesome good. it was. He loved it. He lapped up all the attention. <laughs> but um, if you want to talk about, if you want to talk about some serious acting, oh. when we cut away from the plane and we uh, we meet Professor Zarkov, <laughs> that's a man who yes. likes to point. Oh my gosh, he was he was definitely scene chewing. Like he loved every oh. minute of this guy. Like God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Check the angular vector of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you what the porno counterpart uh, what is in the other movie, but yeah, quite a different name uh, to that. But yeah, quite interesting. Oh dear. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, very similar plot up to this point. <laughs> but yeah, he was definitely um, enjoying every bit that he was doing, and then we were sort of cutting between them and the. Um, well, that's the thing. He seemed to know straight away that it was, it was attacks from outer space, and um, what is it? What's he got? Yeah. It's an attack, a moon rock attack. Uh, yeah, it's an attack on the moon. So yeah, the the moon was pushed out of orbit by more than That's twelve it, degrees. Yeah. This must be a mistake. No, it's an attack. <laughs> <laughs> he says while pointing. Well, well, he yeah. writes all these years. Oh, I was sitting there driving Trev crazy as they quoting it. I had to oh, shut myself yeah. up and stop myself from quoting the movie because yeah, I've seen it so many times since I was a child and. It just, I, I couldn't help it. Drove crazy. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, no, but good. yeah, Topol had a ball with that movie. I think he really just loved playing the old camp. You know, mad scientist. <laughs> the mad scientist, yeah. the typical mad scientist. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, I, so I think we go from the yeah. So we've got the uh, the pack attack when the the pilots just suddenly disappear. There's not really much of a there's a bit of a flash and then they disappear. A flash, ah, but, <laughs> and then suddenly and then the plane, you know, with the plane lands in Arkov's or um, Zarkov. Sorry, I'm thinking of the Zarkov, other movie. Yeah. Uh, it, um, lands in Zarkov's. <laughs> But I love how, again, not not to mention a Rocky Horror, but yeah, I must admit it's such a B-grade trope. There's always that as soon as they enter or as soon as they crash in. I expect you'd like to use my phone. <laughs> it's like the, there's no there's no well, there's no wait there. for that. <laughs> Told you, rockets don't have phones. <laughs> yeah, but I, I want to know why. You know, when the the rocket is launching, it, it's you know when they when they had that little scuffle in the the rocket and Zarkov's head hits the red button that sets the whole thing off. Why is the um, the glass in or the glasses or glass windows in the um, lab, why are they still intact when there's intense heat coming from the rocket? Wouldn't they just smash? I think you're overthinking it now. I'm overthinking <laughs> think it. Oh right. my god, somebody no <laughs> I can't do this to myself. But that's what I found myself thinking, yes, so I'm going, hmm intense heat Rocket, flames, the glass is still there. Okay, I'm overthinking it. <laughs> yeah, it would mean an extra set for another take. <laughs> yeah. <absolutely>. yeah. <laughs> but I did quite like because we actually watched this on Blu-ray and um, there's probably a few things you've noticed in, in the higher def is that uh, when they showed the, the rocket taking up oh, into space. I was going to ask you about uh, this. because my... You could actually yes. see the edge of the slide. Oh, I was um, going to ask about that. The transparency that we're pulling up. 
because I was watching it through HDMI on a DVD copy, and um, yeah, there was a one one shot where it went through. I even had to rewind it and look again, where it was almost like yeah. And obviously, you've explained now. It's the slide going over, and I'm like, I even said to my friend, I'm like, what's this going to look like on Trevor and Susie's Blu-ray? So I thought they might have cleaned it up. Fabulous. <laughs> obviously not. It be great. Fabulous. It's even clearer. <laughs> no, those pretty colours swirling through the sea of fire. Oh, it gets psychedelic when they get into space too. <laughs> oh gosh, and I don't know, like I don't know if you guys have seen Barbarella, or you know, are familiar with that. It's very similar to that. With again, that whole sort of sixties, just that real a lot of pinks oh. and a lot of a real psychedelic sort of look. So for them to be using it still in nineteen eighty, again, I suppose it was paying Always. tribute. But um, that probably would have been cutting edge, or you know, in a lot of cases. Yeah, it's quite pretty. It also reminded me of um, of the astral travelling stuff in that uh, Doctor Strange movie we watched last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Doctor Strange. Oh. No, I'm talking about the 1978 Oh, no, th- no, no, I don't love the 1978 version. Uh, the 2016 version, I really loved. I was going to say. Oh, Max Nicholson. <laughs> but, yeah, it's certainly, um, I mean, for someone who... We first saw giving the death stare to Flash. Uh, yeah. Once we're in the ship, it didn't take very long for Flash and Dale to start getting pretty chummy. Oh, yeah, no, she's got her arms wrapped around. Hands. She definitely did yeah, the damsel in distress quite well, you know, and I suppose that's, again, one of those old-school tropes that's probably a bit sexist in some respects. But, yeah, she was playing the heroine that, you know, the damsel in distress, and, yeah, <laughs> seemed to do it from the outset. Yeah, she wanted him. She wants our Flash. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's that, when you know, when they're on the ship and they're... And the um, observers are talking to Clytus. And she's there touching herself on her chest and the tongue's coming out. So is she having some sort of weird-ass wet dream or what? <laughs> maybe she's, okay. maybe she's uh, maybe thinking she's about the, the other version. <gasps> she's been shot by the sex ray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she signed up for the wrong one. <laughs> she's, damn it. Oh. I came to the set on the wrong day. And that's what happens. <laughs> oh, gosh. I reckon that's what happened. I think that's right. <laughs> but yeah, like you mentioned the uh, you mentioned the costume effect or oh, not costume effect, sorry, the costume design and I don't know if I don't know if you're in trivia, in any of your trivia, um, Trevor, if they won any Oscars for this, but I definitely think um, the um, costume design would have been an Oscar nomination, surely, because it was well, quite out there. Have. and I don't know if a bit too out there oh, for the Academy God. Awards at the time, but those costumes, you know, as soon as we end up in on their planet, you know, they don't sort of um, hold anything back, do they? <laughs> no, no. It's because the costume designer was um, Danilo Donati, and, oh, that man was a visionary. I love it. My favourite costume, I'm going to put this out there now, my favourite costume that um, is a dress that Princess Aura wears at um, Flash's execution. Oh, um, yes. All that beautiful, the black and the, the headdress that she wears. But my favourite character in this is basically for her costume. It's the role of Hedonia, played by, what's her name, Bobby Brown. And she's the serving girl that's in the green and she brings the the, um, the the Galaxy of Pleasure drink to Dale oh, yes, in, in Mig's yeah. uh, bedchamber. I love that costume. <laughs> I salivate every time I see that. I wanted that. I wanted to be her. <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, just, to, just so you know, this movie was nominated for Best Costumes for the Saturn Award. And, uh, the, only, the only awards it won, though... 
It did actually get a Best Actor for Maximum Sido at the Napierville Cinema Festival. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Sam J. Jones got Worst Actor at the Razzies. <laughs> that would have been one of the first um, Razzies. And, <laughs> and it also got the Stinker Award for Worst On-Screen Couple of Sam J. Jones and Melody Anderson. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh! Oh, gosh. So, nothing about best costumes. What the hell? Oh, okay, yeah. um, nominated. For a Saturn Award. For, um, yeah, Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror. Is that something? Oh. Yeah, it would have been um, a bit, it was probably a bit too left of field, too campy, I think, for the oh. Academy Awards. That's probably the more I think oh, about it. But, but released by a major motion picture, I mean, a major motion picture studio is quite unusual. But yeah, so that's interesting. But maybe it was those outfits, you know, where they look like they're wearing a box. It's kind of like, even they've got no arms. I don't know if the part, I don't know which outfits you. Oh, they were cute. Yeah, I'm thinking myself, no, they, that, they, that they probably lost me the award. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. They reminded me of the cards in um, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, you know yeah. how the cards go around? they got no hands. <laughs> They're just made up of cards. <laughs> but there's definitely so much to look at. So I can imagine, like, I was watching on a, 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 not a very big screen, and as I said, on DVD. So I could imagine how how nice and almost breathtaking some of the scenes would have looked in, on Blu-ray. Oh. Just about crying. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, 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 I think they were probably going for those those strong um, comic book colors because mm. yeah, this is such like the yeah the color and the color palette is just so striking. Yeah, um, and so strong mm-hmm. and and like everything is set up so that you know, all, all the people dressed in the same colors are together. Mm. Um, and then you've also got the the, the super shiny cards that turn up. Um, <laughs> got this. And just, right down to their, right down to their little sneakers with the red, little red sneakers with the white laces. Oh, I Clytus didn't see that in the in the yeah. footy gap, in the footy match. <laughs> <laughs> go flash, go, go flash, go. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, he doesn't waste any time sporting around. I'm like, oh, how long is it going to take him before he starts showing off his um gridiron skills and yeah he's i've got literally in my notes he's flash starts sporting around that's right (laughs) that's right and and the guys that you know when he starts doing the numbers like 31 42 and they're all and the soldiers are just standing around with their hands on their hips going what the hell (laughs) literally you can see them saying what the hell and they're also like the one's i think scratching his helmet as if he doesn't know and yeah the other ones have got you know hands on their hips going what are they doing (laughs) <laughs> He's probably oh, more God, like I can't believe my agent sent me for this role. <laughs> no, yeah. It wouldn't have been that bad. I the costumes would have been amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I, I, I do like I yeah. I do like during that fight scene. We uh, we 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 get we get to uh, to really see for the first time uh, Brian Blessed's approach <laughs> to the movie. Yes, oh, he's just sitting there laughing his ass off. This is going probably, uh, I'm getting so much, how much am I getting for this? Um, yeah, this will be good. I'm just going to camp it up as much as I can. That's oh. cool. And he doesn't really like the soldiers in Ming's army either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this little, little innocent look as he, he donks him on the head. head. <laughs> or trips him up. <laughs> and looks around like, nobody saw me do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then um, I think yeah, not after that we 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 get to see um, again like uh, the the fact that the supporting cast has has these names and it is is one of the things that stuns me about this movie. But when um when we meet Timothy Dalton and he's all very serious and <laughs> Ming's daughter 
Aura goes up to him and starts sweet talking him, and his pillow talk is magical. <laughs> Lying, Lying bitch. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> See. <laughs> My sister and I still play out that scene to each other, not the whole sweet-talking thing. We just, we just go, oh, lying bitch. And we know exactly what each other's talking about. We've been talking about this since, you know, I was seven and she was four. So <laughs> it's like um, it's like Timothy like, Dalton thought he was playing a Shakespearean role or something. He was like he was almost taking it way too seriously. Yeah, I think Aura's taking it way too flippantly and it's just hilarious, their, their um, dynamic. Oh, God, they make me laugh, those two. Oh, Aura, she gets around a bit. Bless she her little heart. <laughs> does indeed, but um, I, I mean, her dad's a bit of a, a lech with that. Um, oh God, he's creepy. Yes. That, that scene where he takes over Dale with the ring, and then oh. he's like running his hand up oh. and down, <laughs> like it's a forced camera perspective, and it looks like he's <laughs> like he, he his entire hand so like fits oh. around half of Dale, who's. Oh. Quite a way in front of him, it's just like that it's shot, and it's just like going, he's it, getting lecherous by my remote control. That's, um, <laughs> that's a new one. That's um, interesting. <laughs> Things you can do on Mongo. You know, get lecherous by remote control. This is, you know, this plant's got everything. <laughs> Costumes, awesome looking palace, and a lech with a remote control getting it on with the earth girl. <laughs> uh, but then it doesn't take long with before an Dale's, Dale's turned into a concubine. <laughs> I know. Oh, um, yeah, I don't think Dale had any say in the matter. Yeah, but she, at least she got to come again, flee, and be like, oh, Flash. Because in many cases, I kind of, half the time I'd be like, is that actually still her? Because she sort of blended into everybody. Like, <laughs> you know, as soon as she wore that headdress, I was still confused on if it was still the same actress. So, But um, I don't know if it was around oh. this part, too, where I, I did like the quirky um, upside-down hourglass. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, it won't turn over. It won't turn <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, it won't turn over. She was having a stress attack on that. And they couldn't a... just have a normal hourglass, could they? Yeah, no, it had to be like that. But I love there was an interesting, I don't know, I think it was just a bit after this, but um, there was a really interesting shot of the army where they were, it was from the perspective of the ground and, and the army walks atop, across the camera. Oh, no, it was just, yeah, it was quite interesting things. And like we were saying, there was some different, unusual shots used in this film. And, yeah, I suppose it was all part of the, part of the fun, I suppose. That's right. <laughs> yeah, going going for those those bit, bit comic the book style, thing those comic yeah, book style shots, yeah. I guess. But of course, of course, as all goes, Flash ends up insulting Ming and gets sentenced to death. And yeah, I was a bit disappointed too. that um, when he was in his execution leather diaper, um, <laughs> yeah. that they didn't have Flash <laughs> written across the butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually expecting to be silver underwear, but then I'm like, oh, hang on, that's I think the outfit he wears later in the original oh, serials. But no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, you need to have Very that. Very cute little I don't know where you put the A, but S-H. <laughs> Over the A-hole, of course. <laughs> oh, you sense. two are foul little creatures. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. It's just... John, you went there. I blame Mate. Christian for mentioning Flesh Gordon early on. <laughs> I must admit, maybe they assumed that they um, they thought that everybody would know his name by that stage and didn't have to have it written on there. <laughs> I should bloody hope so. And, you know, and in the the songs 
that was playing in the footy game and the fight and all this sort of thing, they mentioned Flash a few times. Like, he's a miracle? Yes, we know this. Thank you. Go, Flash, go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you don't know his name by now, I'm sorry, you never will. And if you don't, <laughs> after he's executed, his headstone matches the opening title. That's right. Yeah. If you don't know what his name is, well, his headstone will always remind you. <laughs> I was going to say that I expected more, um, more Queen to actually be in this... Um be in the soundtrack actually like I, I, even the incidental music a lot of it didn't sound very them so i don't know if they only sort of did a few songs but then i did google it and you know it was a, a full soundtrack so i don't know i was quite surprised yeah, i thought did. there'd be some more queen sounding songs in there I, I guess they can't do the entire over the top stuff for the the entire movie yeah um, no one hear any of the dialogue yeah <laughs> oh the wonderful dialogue um, yes. but rest assured people rest assured Flash Gordon didn't actually die when he was executed. No, 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 no. Uh, Aura, the nymphomaniac daughter, made sure that he could be brought back to life. <laughs> I put you back with a kiss. Because I like you. Oh, my God. And you know, she's just, honestly, in, in this scene, she's just about as big a sleaze as her dad. You can see where she gets it from. Because she's, she she latched onto the doctor. Oh, no. So he got, he, so he got, the, got a needle that enabled him to be brought back after he got executed by gas. Yeah, and she was on with Baron, she's on with the Doctor, and she, now she wants to be on with Flash. And she goes, I promise I won't look. And, and there's a mirror there! And he's just going, what the hell? I like you a lot. Oh, goodness. Okay. Sweetheart, sweetheart. Oh, my God. Can you keep it in your pants just for a little bit? Okay. I love you. I'm all for women getting it off and doing what they need to do and things like this. But for goodness sake, sweetie, just wait till he's dressed, please. I know that... Yeah. Oh, come on. She's so shy. Oh, no. She's kind of shy. And that bit where she kisses him. Oh, this is the creep out part for me. Always has been. The the bit where she kisses him and you hear that. (laughs) It's like, oh, Freddie, no. No, Freddie, don't. It's just, just, that is really sleazy for me. It's just like. Because this is about around the time where he, um, yeah, he gets he gets brought back, and then is this where he starts to get his new outfit? Is this where he starts the cape and the outfit? Is that where the first time we see him? That's right. Put into that. He gets yes. that that gorgeous black sash around the neck <laughs> and that red and black costume. That yeah, looks great. And underneath it has that singlet with the lightning bolt on it to match the shirt. But still no yeah. silver underwear. I think he's what the hell. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think he's meant to be dressed up as some guard or some someone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the guard. Yes. The thing is, all the guards wear helmets or face masks or both in this movie. So what the hell? He was just trying to blend if she in. She really wanted to do it. She would have done a whole gold mask thing and said, "I'm yeah. This guy's taking me prisoner. This guy's actually going to take me out for the night. I've got another one on the board." <laughs> If she really wanted to dress um, Flash up and make sure that he got away from Mongo City without being discovered, she should have done a little bit better with his head. I'm <laughs> overthinking this again. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, can't, you can't cover up those golden locks. Oh, <laughs> those golden locks, which were originally brown, that he dyed for this um, this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, look at his eyes. Yeah, look at his nice. eyes. They're, they're, they're a nice brown. He Maybe. does have dark hair. I've met him. So there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, oh my gosh, this is going well. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the good thing about this movie is that 
things just keep happening. So yeah. <laughs> I know it's always something. Um, like... But I, I do like um, yeah, when 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 Flash is trying to uh, convince Aura to uh, to tell oh him how to uh, send a telepathic message oh to God. Dale, and she's basically crawling all over him. So he just goes, <laughs> okay then. <laughs> You'll have to convince me, and he just puts the spaceship into like a nose dive into Phrygia. <laughs> you fool! We're fighting the Phrygia. Put her up. <laughs> so he knows how to negotiate. That's for sure. And isn't there something? Where, death. Yeah. Doesn't he say something like, "Oh, not now, not now"? And it's like, "Oh no!" He, he was saying that to, or he was thinking that to her, but um, Dale got that message oh, or something. I can't remember the line, but yeah. This, oh, oh, this girl's really turning me on. <laughs> I didn't quite that, that, get that. Think it again. <laughs> Forget I thought it. <laughs> it wasn't about you. What? <laughs> oh god! Oh, just open, on, it opens up a can of worms if, if humans were able to do stuff Ooh. like that. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god! You know, I'd be in so much trouble. It's just not funny. <laughs> <laughs> so they end up on Arborea to get help. Well, <laughs> trying to get well, help. trying to Baron who accuses Aura of necrophilia. <laughs> Oh, yeah. At seven, I didn't know what necrophilia was. And then when I found out, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh. The whole time oh, during Baron, this. Oh, that's really off. I'm Richard O'Brien spotting the whole time through this. So I'm like, yeah, I, I think I was looking for, trying to find him and they hear necrophilia. I'm like, what? I should be concentrating. What's happening? <laughs> I knew you were up to something, all right, but I must confess I hadn't thought of necrophilia. <laughs> Oh god, that would well, have gone idea. He is, he's alive again, so technically it's not necrophilia. But um, <laughs> if you want to talk about more of the, I suppose, more questionable stuff in the sounds, when Aura <laughs> and Flash get to where Timothy's living, um, and Aborea. they're Aborea, and <laughs> and they're getting ready for the initiation for for that Aborian, the sounds that they're making are just like, boom. That's just like that's just a little erotic there, guys. Yeah, I had to actually wow, turn it down. I was worried my housemates would get worried. And yeah. and then that's followed up by them telling the guy being initiated to choose his passage into this world or the next. Not the best line after all that gasping. Oh, dude. <laughs> Am I wrong in thinking that they call themselves tree men? Or I think there's a reference to it later on or something like that. I don't know. They call yeah. themselves something. Yeah, the tree Yeah, they call themselves tree men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But even then, there was it's a lot of parts of this set you're like, and that's a pretty cool set, but I'm like, where does the cardboard background start and the actual set begin? I mean, <laughs> it was well done, but you're like, again, that whole comic book look about it. But yeah, did, to my eyes, I'm sure on the Blu-ray copy, you could make it out a bit better. But yeah, I'm like, oh, this is quite interesting yeah, how, they, no. how they've done this, I suppose. No, the, the, the sets were... The sets were great. <laughs> and then they go thumping the old wood beast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, they did well with making it. But I still had that comic book style, which I think was, you know, so good. So, Well, I'll, um, I'll continue with one thing I thought about with the wood beast. A bit where the, the young initiate gets stung by the wood beast. I've always thought that's his blood, that the green blood. Because it would make sense. He's an Arborian. He has green blood. And then when... Oh, if I can just jump ahead just a sec here. When um, the combat scene between Baron and Flash, and Flash is whipping Baron, and you can see, obviously, he's got red marks on him from mm. where the lash has gone. So, yeah, red blood marks. So I'm thinking, okay, is Prince Baron having red blood and the other Arborians having green, or is that the 
venom of the wood beast coming out of that young man's wrist. Yeah, I think so, it's the venom. Yeah, yeah, Trent yeah, thinks the it's the venom. venom. I thought it was the blood. So I was just going, hmm, that doesn't look right. But anyway, okay. I'll, I'll, um, okay. Two against one. No, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> well, we're here to no, answer no, the no, important no. questions. This, that is the important <laughs> question. Why is Naborian's blood red? <laughs> or really, is it green? Or is it some sort of weird-ass mixture between the two? <laughs> it's red. <laughs> it's green. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, that's my point there. That's all right. Yeah. But. Anyway, well, while this is going on, we, we get to see Zarkov and Dale escape, and we think Zarkov's all brainwashed. <laughs> and he's not. Yay! Good old Zarkov managing to... Um, Remember, recite Shakespeare and remember Einstein's equations to stop his <laughs> and mind the Talmud, being wiped. And songs from the Beatles. And songs from yeah. the Beatles. And, um, but when. In Armored Bee Girl, they can't wipe those things away. You can't beat the human spirit. Yay! <laughs> oh, I feel like getting up and cheering at that point. <laughs> Chewing scenery all the way. But, um, I think it's more Dale who escapes in her slave girl outfit and just the inept guards she's walking through. And she gets her hands on the gun, then leaves it behind. And then as she's running out, she puts her high heel shoes back on. That will obviously help her escape faster. That's right. Click, 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 click. click. Oh, Oh, yeah. I think there was a shot where, yeah, she goes back and gets the heels. And, yeah, I thought that was so funny. (laughs) Proof positive. A girl can't run around in a slave girl's outfit without her gold shoes. It's part of the outfit. (laughs) (laughs) I can't leave my outfit behind. Those Uh, red guards are hilarious. (laughs) They're just so useless. <laughs> and she hits them across the nose. And the hand goes to the nose like, oh, my nose! <laughs> oh, yes, the fight scenes master. aren't too convincing in this part. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you were very happy, Christian, when you finally spotted Richard O'Brien playing his pipes. Did you think he was one with glasses? Shame, it's such uh, a... Yeah, is there uh, a guy with glasses in this? There is a guy yeah, earlier, I, 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 I thought think it I went... Is thought it was him, sorry. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what Trent thought. Maybe yeah. it was him behind glasses. I think um, I read elsewhere that that was a different actor. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, but Richard O'Brien plays a Arborian called Rico, who likes to sit there, dispense wisdom, and play his pipes. Probably rather a small and... role, I've thought, but, you know, he was in it, yes. and he got a speaking part, and I'm sure it would have been because of Rocky Horror and the Flash Gordon connection, I'm sure. <laughs> That That's right, in and so it should be. <laughs> but he, he was the one who uh, who uh, had to uh, trick Flash uh, to um, to end up in what was essentially, I don't know, what would you call a game of Russian roulette with a stump? Stump <laughs> <laughs> Russian roulette. <laughs> when, when, when Flash and, and Prince Baron have, uh, are taking turns uh, sticking their arms in. Stump head? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but then he goes and changes the rules anyway, like a Dirty arboreal. Yeah, that was no, that was not boy. good. Like, no, but it was it was a it's a basically a prize for Aura. You know, Aura was the prize in this because he was going to him and go, "Oh, what would Aura think of you now?" And that spurs him into action to to do it again. But then, you considering know, later on when they've got the fight scene, I don't want to step ahead. But yeah, again, um, I was gonna say Flash, you know. He brings his human spirit and whatever and saves him. But I don't That's know, I'm right. stepping ahead a bit there too. So, but yeah, so That's I felt right. that was, yeah, not very fair on um, the Baron's behalf. Yeah, he was, yeah. he was quite naughty, but yeah. See, but, for that moment that um, Flash actually forgot about Dale and, you know, just wanted to have one up on Aura's other bed buddy. 
But I do think, like, Flash tricking the prince by pretending he was stung. You know, that was quite a smart move. But then he ran into the swamp, which was, let's face it, dumb. That was a good move. I would have stayed on the footpath, the, um, the, the wooden the wooden paths and things in the trees. But then again, I mean, how far can you go on Arborea? It's just forest in a bit of a, like an egg cup sort of thing. Yeah. And nothing underneath. What the- how far can you go? Because every don't... moon of Mongo, every kingdom, is a floating island. You still don't get running into a swamp you know nothing about. Straight into quicksand and then some weird oh. thing coming from the ground. To... Susie, I'm waiting for you to write a spin-off, oh. spin-off about this movie like, and uh, analysing oh, yeah. the whole thing. It's happening. Yeah, I'm there. I'm, I do it. Yeah, well, when I finish doing everything else in my life, probably when I'm... You know, about 105, <laughs> I might write a, the long-awaited sequel. <laughs> God I damn look it, forward it needs to, to it. be done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to wait a while. Yeah, come be... on, everyone! <laughs> I could just imagine... See, I can get the great-grandkids out. <laughs> I can imagine Trevor and I trying to redeem it. Well, on this week's episode... <laughs> <laughs> you guys will never sound like that. You guys will always be robust and strong and, and awesome. Not that... Oh, just <laughs> like that. Saul raise our Zimmer frames in the air. Yes. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though. Um, again, I'm going to harp on about it. Again. Once once, uh, <laughs> once Flash gets rescued from, again, almost being killed by Prince Baron, by the Hawkman, and there's Brian Blessed in all his glory, laughing his ass off, having this, the best time ever. Wine, oh. women, and song. <laughs> he he just Brian Blessed just does not hold back, and he loves and relishes every moment. Probably because he wished he wished for more screen time too. Sorry, so he had to make do. Yeah, oh gosh, Sorry. yeah, <laughs> yeah. He totally needs it. But if I I just want to go right back to the start where Baron and Voltan are fighting in um, Ming's presence in the, um, the chamber in the palace. You know, put down your weapons, and then. Baron goes up, Zoltan goes up again to try and fill, um, kill Baron, and then Clytus goes, Zoltan, you obey or you sacrifice your daughter. Where did the daughter come from? Suddenly she's there in all her little pink glory. Where was she in the um, longer shots? That's yeah. what I want to know, and that's why I'm overthinking this again. <laughs> she was probably standing behind Brian Blessed. Oh, he was too busy chewing scenery. Yeah, you're not going to notice anything behind Brian Blessed in this movie. He just comes up and just goes, "Oh, flash!" Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you're right there, Tiger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! I I can't do a full Brian Blessed. I'll probably blow up my larynx. Flash. That was pretty good, though. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So back to Volton's palace, the floating palace. Which is basically, that's the realm of the Hawk people. That whole, I mean, because there's a lot of Hawk people and that palace didn't look that big. Oh, no. Anyway. It reminded me a lot of Never Running Story, you know, the very first, yeah, the, um, where the Empress lives. Yeah. That's opening shot where they oh, would fly yeah, the into the. Oh, like Empress. Yeah. So it reminded me a lot of that. But yeah, I was thinking of that too. It seems very small. But is this, this is around the point where they're about to have their big fight, I think it is. I don't want to, uh, the one that we keep, right. keep threatening to reveal early on, but. <laughs> oh, the, the combat scene. And, um, when, when Dale and Zarkov are coming down, I wonder where they're taking us now. And then Zarkov's going, oh, uh, you know, I'm calculating Earth's, how long Earth has before. Total annihilation. He's going. I estimate roughly fourteen hours, and blah blah blah. 
oh, we haven't even found Flash! And they come <laughs> screaming across the thing to each other. And, oh, it's very romantic. It's very romantic. And then she thinks that she's actually gotten engaged to this guy that has been flirting with her stepdaughter-to-be. What the flip? True to say, he does say, like, when they're, um, when they're talking like that, he, they're saying something, and he just goes, oh, you can tell that to our children. And that's... After that line, she goes, hey, I just got engaged. Oh, yeah. he does not say that. He does. He does say yeah, that. He does. I he do says, remember that now. He says, save it all for a kiss. And she goes, oh, I accept. No, save it for our children. No, it's always been, I'll save it for a kiss. Oh, forget it. <laughs> We're going to have to rewatch. <laughs> oh, I will. I'm just going to rewatch it just for that now. Well, I rewatched the um, the scene on the plane yesterday because I did hear that on the DVD, uh, Ming's face is meant to appear in that big piece of meteor that sucks out those pilots. Oh. I did not see her face. No. Did well, her. I didn't on either DVD version. I was version, very disappointed. <laughs> Weird. You've been hoaxed. <laughs> Maybe just, I don't know, somebody just thought wrongly <laughs> at a future date because it wouldn't have surprised me if they had have done that. Yeah, yeah totally. And yeah, so I was very disappointed I did not see her face. Okay, but I'm very glad that Dale and Flash got back together and, you know, and they, you know, then they get dragged away and things like this. And, and then Baron and Volton had the whole thing about Ming's Law and Article 17 or whatever it was. And it's very bureaucratic <laughs> yeah. in the lead yeah. up to oh, the fights in between. If the... there is such a law, I'm afraid there is. Oh, what a damn nuisance. <laughs> very British oh, there, Brian. Very so British. Well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's shocking how much I know but, this movie, but... except for the children and kids part, obviously. But yeah, and then he goes, oh, alrighty, well, who do you wish to fight? And Baron just goes, him. <laughs> but I must admit, by like they really build that tension for going. Like I, I, I very rarely, when I'm watching a movie, especially in something in a fight scene, sort of like this, then I'm actually rooting for the character, like yelling out, "Go, Flash!" I think I actually said it at one stage. I know. <laughs> and I was getting so invested in it too. Like, go on, Flash, just got to win. And the, the whole time, I'm just thinking to myself, why aren't you just pushing Timothy Dalton off the edge? Too much of this <laughs> choreographed fighting. Go on, you can do push it. him off and whipping. Don't pick. <laughs> Go flash. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to build the tension so I that know, when I know. Flash inevitably is the good good guy <laughs> and yeah. saves Baron, and they they finally join together, and what is everyone this? gets happy. <laughs> and, yes, and Brian Blessed is is. What is this? You won. Let it go. <laughs> but then when Humanity. they've got to say, I can't remember the, the other what they're called. But when they th- when they end up throwing the other guy onto the spikes afterwards, they don't sort of waste much time trying. To, Lighters. <laughs> yeah, trying to build the tension yeah, that's with that. It's <laughs> so the boom. Oh god. Clytus. <laughs> Whack. Flash. Oh yeah, I'm just going to come forward and get this guy on my shoulder, and then I'm going to push him over the thing onto the spikes, and then the, my, you know, the tongue and the eyes are going to protrude. That scared the shit out of me. Yeah, that whole head. eye thing was a bit full. I am looking at the DVD copy right in front of me, and it does say PG, but really, it's not sort of a film where. Yeah, that's probably the only thing where I would have gone, oh, like I don't Ooh, really think it's not yeah. for children to watch. Like it's still um. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably the only thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like that bit in um, Raiders of the Lost Ark when the Nazis all get the, you know, all killed, and that the evil Nazi gets oh, the evil Nazi. They're all evil, but the chief evil Nazi, the little man in black with the glasses, when his face melts and his oh, sort of glasses go away, and he just becomes a skeleton. That's getting out of me too. <laughs> that's full on in a movie, especially at that age. <laughs> I, I, I had a great childhood. <laughs> 
We also also lots of movies that traumatized us. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we need to push on as if there's going to be any question. Sorry, I think of what the sorry, outcome of I'm this sorry. is going to be. But anyway, okay. Basically, long story short, everyone ends up deciding to join together as the teaming up and overthrowing him. As the Hawk people's uh, palace gets destroyed. <laughs> And Flash has to escape. Why do flying people have a rocket cycle? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what the hell? Was... They've got wings. Why would they need a rocket cycle? Uh, <gasps> or as my friend call, what did my friend call it? A, a sky jet ski. <laughs> that's what we were calling it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah, that works exactly. Too. Yeah, and, and a little. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went after they named it a rocket cycle. I went back to my notes and changed it from what I had originally, which was. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, Trevor, yours would have been better. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, really a, 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 why do you, the whole people have a, a flying jet thing? It was a pretty, flying jet <laughs> thing. <laughs> it wasn't much right. But I must yeah, admit, so like, guys. with the whole sort of, yeah, the, this sort of part here, I must admit kind of got a bit, too, not long-winded, but it sort of, it was just very, it took a while to sort of resolve itself. I sort of found myself going, oh, come on, guys. I found it a little bit dragging around this bit, even though it's a fun movie and it had been fun yeah. up to this point. I, do you know what I mean? I sort of felt to the point, yeah, just get to the point with this. That's During right. this section, like. Yeah, what? It took them so long to to get that rocket ship. Um, oh, war rocket, war, war rocket Ajax. War rocket Ajax. <laughs> it, its approach to the Citadel takes oh. a very long time. You know who we haven't spoken about yet? We haven't spoken about General Carla. I love this woman. <laughs> Is that the full she leather loves. woman? The leather, the lady in the full Ooh, leather. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Oh. I take full responsibility in the Emperor's name. And she sits there so imperiously and I'm so... Yeah, she's very, very um, yeah. sleeping... Be- What's the Sleeping Beauty? Yeah, the um, yeah Evil Queen in oh, that. So, yeah. I, um... Oh, yeah. She, she plays that so well. I, I really have a lot of time for General Carla. I, I liked her. And she, you know, she was kicking ass in a man's world. Well, supposedly a man's world. And the relationship between her and Clytus was a little bit weird. You never knew if they were on together, wanted to be on together, whatever. But, but at, um, at, at some point, we do find out that Clytus wanted uh, oh, to Aura. get his his, his uh, claws on Aura. Yeah, yeah, I've got you. Like, <laughs> after, yeah, because poor Aura gets tortured by Clytus and Carla, who really actually look like they were enjoying themselves <laughs> torturing this poor girl, and she ends up having the, the whip and the ball worms. And she seems a lot more scared of the ball worms she, and the whips. Yeah. Oh, maybe she knows that. And then, then later oh, on... That, that's why Clytus got killed, because um, Baron goes, oh, you tortured Aura. Oh, interesting girl. I think she rather liked it. And that's when Baron just lost it. And... Um, yeah, punch Clytus in the stomach, which caused Flash to go and pick him up and put him on the spikes. Yep. Yeah, you know, doesn't mind that Clytus is an absolute crazy bastard. The fact that he dissed your girl, that was it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when, when yeah. Aura and Dale finally meet and they have their little sexy girl fight. Oh, yeah. Um, it was almost like, and, um, Aura's basically going, I changed. They use ball worms. I mean, Adele would have no idea what they were, but that sort of like immediately sees a thing that goes, Oh, okay. I'm not going to fight you anymore. I'm going to yeah, work like, with you. And she just decides she was such, being such a spoiled fool. And now she's, she's got tears coming out of her eyes. So she obviously knows exactly what it means to be humble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tears bring yeah. humbleness. 
I think there's a message in that for all of us. And poisoning your dad <laughs> on his wedding night as well. Because <laughs> she brings out that little vial of um, the, the, the potion that drop a few of these into his wine glass before he makes love and that's it. Good night, Dad. And the thing is that yeah. the serving girls all ra- the way around the outside as well. I mean, hello. If you're going to do that, if you're going to whisper a death plot against your dad who's the ruler of the universe, allegedly, um, maybe not do it around all these people. Just well, saying. Just saying. <laughs> well, earlier on, like, uh, arguably the smartest man in the movie, Zarkov, when they're <laughs> walking into the palace at the very, very start, in front of a security robot or drone or something, which is obviously watching them, oh. and he sort says, out clearly, I've still got my gun in my pocket. <laughs> and it's like, why, oh, why yeah. outline yeah. your, and outlines oh. his entire plan in front of this security robot, then he just goes, Oh, hang on. And they crosses the gun. It's like, seriously, uh, you, you people aren't very smart when it comes to, uh, plotting. You're, you're, uh, you're about as good as plotting stuff as the guards are good at shooting Flash. That's right. No one can hit Flash. Well, yeah, what, what about War Rocket Ajax, though? They're missing him every time. I mean, that's a, he's one person on a ruddy rocket cycle. That's a War Rocket. Oh, they can't kill guys. him. They won't have a lead character. Well, you're not trying to have. <laughs> I know, I know, but yeah, I can't A bit inept. <laughs> Damn. I guess I figured that bringing him back from the dead was probably more yeah. than enough. <laughs> yeah, like this is all part of the very long, long, oh, it goes long on forever, section. Doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, it does. Um, yeah. So let's just let's just. I, I'm, I'm happy to gloss over that because we are really, really making this a long one. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, it's me. <laughs> so then it gets very, very fast again at the end. We, we've got Ming, who's going to marry Dale. Complete with human wedding march, I might yeah. add. Yeah, what's with that? <laughs> On my planet, Ming, we have something that goes da 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 da. Have you got any of that in your playlist? Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yes, it's right here beside the earthquake button. But of course, of course, Flash comes down and crashes the spaceship he's flying into the <laughs> middle of the wedding, just in time, just as the vows are about to be said. Beers Ming through the heart. Yay! Just in time, with apparently only three seconds left to save the Earth. But of course, if the moon was out of orbit, and it was only three seconds of the uh, moon collided with the planet, I'm guessing that Earth would have been pretty much stuck by then. Yeah, yeah. I think Earth would have been pretty much destroyed, <laughs> and the whole thing would have been for naught. But, you know, they got a gorgeous movie out of it with gorgeous costumes etc and had lots of fun yeah <laughs> but yeah of course they, they have the very everyone partying at the end uh, the graffiti on the Ming statues was quite good now did you get the Ming statues in your version uh yeah yeah I did yeah the, the busts of Ming yeah because they weren't yeah. in the original oh okay and um, yeah, the whole you know Ming is dead and looks like teardrops on the on the one. <laughs> <laughs> like boo hoo, yeah. Ming's dead. <laughs> and and then of course they, they had the the Hawkman fly over with fireworks and like everybody in the hall is just looking at pointing. Because maybe they've looked at Zarkov that many times and go, look, this this point and thing, this is yep. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> we must do point. that. Literally. Look at the fireworks. <laughs> Look at those whole people doing that really cool <laughs> formation. <laughs> I, I'm really happy that they speak English. <laughs> yeah, I know. No translation. Use English alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> Very convenient. 
And, uh, and of course, right at the end, the, the, the Ming's ring being picked up at the laughing and the end. Question mark. <laughs> it would be interesting if they had made more movies if the same cast would have come back as well, but I suppose they would have only made a second movie if the first one was successful, so. <laughs> yeah, they probably wouldn't have had poor old Sam Jones back. Oh, he wouldn't have been too busy. <laughs> They had signed on for multiple movies. Oh, yeah, so. you're right. Sorry. Sorry, Oh, Sam. so they had no I choice. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, we're locked into these for how long? <laughs> but um, I, I did find the, the Queen um, remix, I guess, of the music over the oh, closing credits God. was a definite improvement over our normal uh, closing credit music. Oh, definitely. And the fact that, considering this was quite a long credit thing too, but I actually thought it was quite funny. The very first credit that comes up on the screen is music by Queen, now available on Electra Records. But well, that's it's so funny. You normally see that at the very end. It was almost like a contractual thing. <laughs> Push the Queen thing yeah. as soon as possible. But I'm sure this would have done great guns for them. I know the Flash theme is still put on their best of, you know, so it's still, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it went quite well, the soundtrack for them as well, but yeah, they, um, it was good having a, having a different version. I would have liked some more songs like the Flash theme rather than just incidental music through the film, but yeah, I'm happy with the, the theme that we hear. <laughs> Since that brings us to the closing credit, does anyone have anything in particular that's weighing on them from, uh, from what happened in the movie before we, we move on to the next part of the podcast? Oh, I think we've covered no, just about I everything and more. <laughs> we get to that in a minute. Okay, sorry. Oh, did I jump ahead again? You jumped sorry, ahead. Sorry, sorry. Oh, it's preemptive. I, I came too soon. <laughs> God, I don't do that. All right, stop that. Bad. Oh, good. So, um, I, I don't know. I think this might be a bit of a formality, but we shall still do it. And Susie, your suggestion, and as our guest... Was there uh, any uh, anything you found re- any particular things you found redeemable or irredeemable in the movie? And do you think it was redeemable overall? Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the things I found redeemable in the movie: the costumes, the sets, the campiness, the dialogue between Prince Fulton and Prince Baron. Uh, they're having a great time. Sarkov was having a ball. Irredeemable. Oh, oh, probably. No, I can't really think of anything irredeemable in this movie. I mean, everyone knows the dialogue is crap, but it, it's crap for a reason. It's I think it's crap just to keep with the whole B-grade horror or well, B-grade drama, costume drama, whatever. I think everyone knew that they weren't making the best movie ever, but they're going to make it as visually stunning and as true to the comic as they possibly could. So overall... I think everyone knows what I'm going to say. It's redeemable. Yay! I love you, Flash. <laughs> I would never have Flash, guessed Flash, I love that. you. We only have 14 hours to oh. save the Earth. <laughs> you really well, surprised I'm... me with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, Christian, what, uh, what say you with the uh, redeemability of this movie? Well, it's interesting that um, Susie used this term. I've actually got the exact same term in my notes here. Definitely visually oh, stunning. Like, for a film, like, as I said, I just saw this on a DVD, you know, with HDMI cord. Imagine this on a big screen as, as Susie got the experience oh. to be able to do. Like, I, um, you know, this was made for the big screen, made for that sort of era. And yeah. this, this has pop culture written all over it. But the unfortunate thing about mm-hmm. Flash, Flash Gordon, oh, God, I don't want to get them mixed up. The <laughs> <with Flash. laughs> Slip of the tongue there, darling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
But um, with all the for all the glitz and glamour, though, it did feel very empty in a lot of respects. Like, and there was a lot of lot of parts, like I said, with the the scene at the end that got, dare I say, a bit boring. It could have easily been trimmed off, say, about fifteen minutes of the film and been a little bit bit snappier to sort of maintain what it was earlier. But you know, that's a bit out of me to say that normally i say look at these things for their you know their camp value and when they came out and things like that and, and originally i was going to come into this conversation going no this is um i don't know if this is irredeemable but then after having watched the movie and thinking about it a little bit more i went no as susie said they were recreating that b-grade film all those tropes that we're so familiar with in all these sort of films it's not supposed to be the best film ever made it's supposed to be flash gordon which is a that's right a, a, a um, live adaptation of a comic book so it's in many ways done ex- everything it was supposed to so I think in that respect it's needed in pop culture it's very important and it might be considered bad but it's bad and fun so I think it's definitely redeemable Ooh, two out of two so far Ooh, can I come through <laughs> with an upset let's see um, <laughs> well considering that this movie is pure fun it has it is so kitschy and camp and uh, i've said to christian before camp does not always mean good but in this case it is perfect for this movie uh, I, I really love the 60s sci-fi dodgy sci-fi aesthetic and and it did match the very very cheesy dialogue <laughs> look Brian Blessed and Timothy Dalton, they really took turns stealing this show uh, when they were separated, but uh, when they were together, Brian Blessed all the way. Go, Brian! Yeah! yeah. Blessed is um, Gunsock. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Blessed is <laughs> um, Just, yeah, again, the, the, the colour in this movie, the sets, just the way everything was set up and was so striking and, and just, it was, it's a good movie to watch and, and certainly definitely one that I think is well worth watching in high definition or if, if you do come across a screening of it, see it on the big screen. Yeah. And and even though there were some bits that dragged, overall it really didn't skimp on the action and, and kept it going pretty much all the way through. So all I can really say about this movie is, first up, Death to Ming! And <laughs> it's redeemable. Yeah! Yay! Yay! Three from three! Oh my gosh, we've had so many irredeemables to have a resounding <laughs> extra person even oh. and, ma- and make it all redeemable. I think that's made it. That's made up oh. for all the last few months. <laughs> I'm so happy, guys, that you were able to find a movie that you both agree is redeemable. Because um, I know, you know, you've watched some absolute shockers <laughs> the last oh, few gosh. months. Shockers oh gosh, shockers I didn't even know existed. Trev actually, <laughs> yeah, Trev made me watch Vampires Kiss. Well, oh, he didn't make yeah. me. I, I thought. Because I like Nicolas Cage as an actor, but oh my god, never again. That was that was awful. So for any listeners <laughs> okay, out there that the haven't heard Vampire's Kiss, it's also available on the Rufus Project podcast. Look that one up. That's right, that's right. And these guys do a really, really, really awesome job at reviewing these movies. And, you know, they, they sacrifice a lot. Sometimes they're sanity. Oh, gosh, <laughs> yeah. Not in this case, which is good. <laughs> That's Absolutely. right. <laughs> so, uh, better stick with tradition. I mean, we have redeemed it across the board here, which feels so good. No, it does. And, um, I mean, we started with that baseline review, but I also do like to finish with a review that's well and truly on the side of redeemable, regardless of our, uh, our opinion at the end of the day. So, our, our, um, our redeemable review, <laughs> again, encapsulates, I think, a lot of what people like about this movie. 
the title of this one is The Best and Worst Movie at the Exact Same Time. That's clever. (laughs) I mean, come on. Is this one of the cheesiest slash silliest slash goofiest movies ever made? Of course it is. (laughs) But it is also one of the most fun movies to watch. First, the soundtrack is awesome and hilarious at the same time somehow. Second, Brian Blessed steals the show. You'll see what I mean. The Blu-ray shows it better than I have ever seen. Must have for campy film buffs. Oh, call us Five campy stars. film buffs because um, <laughs> it was brilliant on Blu-ray. Oh, I can't wait. Love I'm it. gonna have to watch it on Blu-ray at some stage. But it looked awesome on DVD, well, so <laughs> so I think the film is awesome already. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's great. It's great on it's like on Blu-ray. The colours just seem so much more striking. I have to check it out sometime. Yeah, so, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. Our our first fully redeemed movie of the year with somebody else's <laughs> request. Is that telling us something, Christian? Oh, God, yeah, yeah I know. But it's also hard for me to actually think beyond it because I'm also thinking, oh, gosh, I've got the pressure of having three redeemables on my side and having to request the next movie. <laughs> so I, uh, <laughs> no pressure there. So. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yes, on that note, Christian, what... Um, what would you suggest for our next movie? Okay, now I always have to have a little bit of a backstory, don't I? Now I have this list that I work mm-hmm. through. Whenever I come up with things, I'll add, add them, and I, I usually go and consult it. Now I haven't in this case because there's been a particular film that you know when you hear about something and then you start to hear about it all the time, a lot more than usual, and you start to think, oh, maybe it's time to relook at this movie. I, I saw this movie at the cinema when it came out. It came out in 2002, so it's still quite a recent film, I suppose, but I didn't realise that it's actually considered a bad movie after having watched it all these years. I have actually watched it with friends who have gone, what the hell? And I'm like, okay, I never realised. People have started requesting it for me to screen, and I'm like, this is unusual. I don't think this film has this following. Susie, you may also be familiar with this film as well, too. I didn't realise it was bad, but I'm really keen to look back on it because I know it is quite a strange thing. We're going to look at the Cameron Diaz, Christina Applegate film from 2002, The Sweetest Thing. Oh! Wow! Oh, oh. Uh, big call, man. Big call. My back goes off to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sweetest I thing. I haven't actually seen this one myself, so um, right. I'm always keen on watching a brand uh, a brand new movie for myself. Oh, it's got Selma Blair in it. She always looks very happy. Look at her. She looks stoked to be here. <laughs> well, it's an inter- as I said, I have seen it a few times, but I need to put my redeeming features hat on because, as I said, a lot of people have been saying recently, oh, that's so bad, that movie. And I'm like, hang on. I used to like that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to looking at it in a, a different set of eyes, All I think. Right. <laughs> hey, I think you should show Flash Gordon, see if um, the people of Brisbane want to see it. Because I'll be there in the front row. Oh, I know. Unfortunately, (laughs) Universal, if you're listening, please give me the rights. I've tried so hard, but no. Universal, please. Come on, Universal, please. So we promise we love it. Maybe if I say we had three redeemables, it'll it'll um, prove my case a bit more. It's a bit of a worry when I can get Flesh Gordon as easy as anything (laughs) to screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just oh god, no. So yeah. No, no. So I'll let you know when I screen it. I'll make sure we don't get the letters mixed up. So you turn up to the right one. <laughs> yes, thank you for that because I did see Flesh Gordon. Flesh, I said, not Flash. I saw Flesh Gordon when I was about fifteen, and I said, "Oh, I went, what the f is this?" It would have corrupted. Every oh my memory god, they're getting original. shot down by a sex ray. <laughs> god, God, and you know what? That's when I turned it off. I said, "You are dissing and 
really selling my view on Flash Gordon <laughs> with your Flesh Gordon. You shame on you. <laughs> well, tre- Trevor, I'll have okay, to make you watch it sometime then. <laughs> no, 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 I won't. Not, not. He made me sit through Vampire Skiss. That's enough. He's, he's done his dance. <laughs> I think if we start watching movies like Flesh Gordon, we'll have to do the Rufus Project after dark. Yeah, exactly. would have to do it. <laughs> it oh. wouldn't be PG, that's for sure. Oh God, no. Anyway, <laughs> back to what we're Sorry, talking about yes. now. Back to the sweetest thing. Uh, the sweetest thing. I've, I've done a quick check so if anybody wants to check out the sweetest thing before the next podcast it's available to rent or buy from google play and apple itunes that is just in australia if you're outside of australia you've probably got more options that wouldn't surprise me (laughs) (laughs) but you can watch it in australia so that makes life a bit easier for us and i know that when you're not listening to the rufus project there's also the what the history podcast which i more than recommend and trevor you might have to give the links and details for that thank you <laughs> thanks christian for that that's awesome yes what the history podcast an awesome podcast sorry trev that's <laughs> yes, sorry. an awesome podcast in the bite-sized pieces of history it's a lot of fun it only goes for 20 25 minutes at the most best thing to do during your um, commutes or your lunch break or something like that sit down have a bit of a giggle with what i usually say <laughs> um yeah and yep. yeah muse with us that's mm. m-u-s-e <laughs> m-e-w-s like cat mew you can if you want you can mew i love cats so yeah i like all my fans to mew or if they want to go flash well i'm uh, meow, flash, meow, flash. <laughs> see, I'm doing the cat ears as well, and Trev just told me that nobody can see my cat ears. <laughs> we know now. Okay. We've got the image. Just pretend I'm. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So pretend uh... I've got ears, and I'm I'm doing that. <laughs> oh dear, this is getting messy. So if you want to check out what the history, and please oh. do. That's again, Susie and I are doing a quick little history podcast with two bizarre bits of history that we focus on on mm-hmm. each episode. That can be found at wth.rufusproject.com. You can head to the What the History podcast uh, Facebook page, at, head to at pod underscore what on Twitter, or use the hashtag WTHpod uh, to find us as well, which is all very, very groovy. Christian, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Oh, I've always got so many things coming up. God, we've got how exciting you guys are excited about this. We've got Monty Python at the end of the month. We've got uh, we're back doing movies at Boggo Road Jail. John Waters next month. Fifties uh, and sixties afternoon. Oh, look, there's too many to list here. I've pretty much got a lot of things going through to the end of the year. So head to christianfletcher.com or Christian Fletcher Events on Facebook. Woohoo! Excellent. Love you, Christian. I love you guys too. <laughs> and I want to uh, say come to Rocky Horror, but it's sold out. <laughs> oh, no, this month. <laughs> yes, yes. Sorry, Rocky Horror has sold out. I'll be there in the front row as per usual. Um, oh, this podcast comes out that night, by the way. So oh, pretty much my plug. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, and everyone will be okay, at the show. Right. They will, they'll listen to it the next day. Everyone <laughs> will be at the show. Okay, yes. But I'll still be there in the front row Excellent. doing AP. Looking at these two gorgeous guys on stage <laughs> and loving every minute of it. Thank you. <laughs> Lovely. Now, back to our podcast we're doing right now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we would love to hear from you. Do you think, well, we were very generous to Flash Gordon. Do you think maybe we were too generous to Flash Gordon? We, we would love to hear from you. Do you have any comments about the redeemability or otherwise of the sweetest thing from 2002 or even... 
Like Susie, do you have a movie that you would like to challenge us to redeem? We would love to hear from you. You can head to our homepage, rufusproject.com, and leave a comment below this very episode. You can find The Rufus Project on Twitter or Facebook, uh, or you can send us an email to podcast at rufusproject.com. We would love to hear from you, and if you have enjoyed this rather messy episode... Oi! <laughs> it's a messy one. Um, <laughs> look, review us on iTunes, share us around, um, whatever... whatever you, you you want to do we would love to uh get out there a bit more um and uh reach more people and you guys can help us with that and we'd really appreciate it definitely and there's hundreds oh, i don't know if i'm being bold to say hundreds yeah i think there's been quite a lot of movies that we have redeemed in the past so there's definitely the back catalog of episodes you can have a listen to as well so definitely enough That's to keep fun. your bad movie tastes going <laughs> And again, you can head to rufusproject.com and we have a link to the full list of Redeeming Features movies, which might be a good thing to look at if you're thinking about requesting one. Just yes. make sure we haven't already done it. But I love finding one I that we haven't thought of. <laughs> and I think on that note, um, this is one of those lovely times when the movie and the chat have been really, really fun. So, Thank oh, it's so good. Uh, so, hopefully, we can do it again sometime. So, thanks for your request, absolutely. Susie, and Clash joining of us. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I, I would just like to say a big thank you to you guys for having me on tonight. Like I said, Flash Gordon is one of my favorite movies of all time, and it was an honor to share my musings with about this movie with you guys and with your listeners as well. So, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, awesome. oh, and awesome. cat ears. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> You're very, very welcome. And uh, I think uh, we will, of course, uh, fade out before our closing theme with a taste of what we're subjecting ourselves to next. Uh, you'll be hearing a bit of a trailer of the sweetest thing at the end. Uh, uh, but then until uh, next time, um, yeah, chat to you then. Thank you, Happy guys. Happy bad movie Bye. watching. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. So I took a chance on a guy and it didn't work out. So what? I'm not upset about it. I'm just accepting where I am right now. Christina Walters had had her heart broken one too many times. So she vowed to never let any man get too close. Peekaboo, I see you. I'm going home. But just when she'd given up on love. I think I'm just going to order a pizza and say it tonight. Oh, no, 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 no. See you later. Love found her. Hi. Hi. What was going on with you at the club with that hottie? Nothing. Nothing. This guy did get under your skin. No. You're never going to find anyone better than my brother here. He is the greatest, and I am okay. serious. That hurts me. Okay. And that's why you're my wedding on Saturday, yeah. right? You might really like him, but you're just too afraid to admit it. <laughs> Whatever happened to my cool, confident roommate? Mm. It's a big facade. This spring. You can see it in your eyes you liked her. Nothing I can do about it now. You! Oh, God! Ow! Really cute. She's going after the one who got away. I could shock at his brother's wedding because he is going to be there because it's his brother, right? Okay, let's go. But the road to Mr. Right yeah. is paved with surprises. Oh, what? I dropped the, the thingy to my lip gloss. I get it. I might as well strap a sign on that says stalker. This isn't the Glickman bar mitzvah, is it? No? Moisha? Christina? My God. Columbia Pictures invites you... Oh, God! Love is crazy, and that's what love is. ...to the most unexpected... 
They're fake. You can touch it if you want to. <laughs> touch it. That's why chicks always go to the bathroom together. Romantic comedy of the year. Some sort of sign from God that you and this Peter Donahue guy are supposed to be together. Cameron Diaz. You go get him! Come on! The sweetest thing. Ew, what is this? Jesus! I don't know what it is. Disgusting pig. But it's good to watch this movie. Do you think we should? It's got bad guy love, dodgy creatures, but we want to know what the redeeming features. Christian and Trevor on the case, watching movies from all over the place. I'm the beast, and it's bad, but we want to know what's it fun to be at. Redeeming features. 